Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky, a podcast where I sit down with some of my friends in the local Columbus, Ohio theater, film, and improv scene and talk a bunch of geeky stuff. Some of it good, some of it bad, but all of it definitely geeky. If you enjoy our program, be sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts and to leave a review or subscribe wherever you can get podcasts. Our official sponsor of the show is Audible. With over 200,000 titles to choose from, get one audiobook and two Audible originals each month included with your trial, even once your trial ends and normal membership begins. Best part is you own your library, meaning you keep the books even if you cancel with easy exchanges. So if you don't love a book, swap it out for free anytime. Sign up for your free trial over at audibletrial.com forward slash goodbadgeeky. Download the Audible app and start enjoying your new audiobook now. Also, support for this podcast has been made possible by our Kickstarter backers, Ashley Carson, Catherine Ranella, Wooz, Yannick, Doug Poeta, Christopher LeBlanc, Andrew, Kenny, Jerome Wetzel, Casey May, Anonymous, Tavia Ordway, Anthony Portillo, Jen and Brian Petrie, Guest 16554254418, Laura Spires, Kimberly Barr, Kyle Jepson. We here at The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky want to advise listeners that this episode was recorded during the pandemic between the end of 2019 and the end of 2020. Um, I hurt Chris Pine forever. (laughs) In this episode, I am here with Becky Horseman and Jessica as we sit down to talk WW84, aka Wonder Woman 1984 on this episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky. And a word of warning that there will be spoilers of plenty, not just on this, but just about anything we talk about. So listen to beware. I kind of wanted to Bill Cosby and I don't know why. Don't do it. That's horrible. <laughs> uh, is there anything you want to say about WWIDA 4? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. This is and then it kind of became it, it kind of became Russian there at the very end. <laughs> Join in on the conversation by interacting with us via social media or email. Twitter or Instagram is username goodbaggeeky or email goodbaggeeky at gmail.com. We may read your comments on the show, pull them pops. And... <laughs> I don't know why I did that. I'm so sorry. All right. Please check your email. Please check your emails. Oh, Jesus Christ. We may read your comment on a future episode of the show. I think I forgot that part. All right. Enough of this bullshit. All right, we are here, as you heard in the intro, to talk about the classic Warner Brothers film, WW84, aka Wonder Woman 1984. A lot of thoughts, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna kick it off to Becky first, real quickly, if you can. What did you think of the movie? Overall, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I prefer the first one, just because I'm a jerk like that. But I mean I thought it was good. It had good moments. I this might be an unpopular opinion, but I really liked Kristen Wiig as Barbara Minerva. I thought she was good. I enjoyed her performance, and I hope to see it again. But overall, I liked the movie. There were things that I uh, felt kind of squicky about, but overall, I liked it. Awesome. All right. Jess, what did you think of the... I thought it was a good summer action flick. That's a very... You know what my- I- 
Yeah. Okay. So I'll go a step for like, I love Godzilla King of the Monsters, but like, I understand the plot in that is kind of not great in terms of the human stuff. It kind of feels like that where like it's Wonder Woman and I like Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman was in it. And I like that. I like Kristen Wiig and there were some other things I liked, but there was some other stuff that was just not, if you think about it too hard, but it's a fun movie. It's a fun movie. Yeah. It was a yeah. fun summer action flick. Yeah. Right. And yeah, like I would never tell, even though I love King of the Monsters, I would never sit there and say, oh shit, you need to watch King of the Monsters. It's so good. And so I'd be like, the monster fights are so good. I'm sorry about the human stuff if you watch it. Like it's a very, it's a fun summer movie. And it's the same kind of thing. I do regret that I because of COVID. I don't think any of us here watched it in theaters, right? Or No, did. and I wish I had. No. Like I, it would have been a better experience to watch it in a theater. I, I do agree. And ultimately, like we took the whole road of watching it on um, HBO Max, which was nice. But we did too. Yeah. So I actually wrote notes. I when I watched it the second time, I wrote notes down. Did okay. Well, let's ask this because Becky kind of mentioned this. I'll lead off with this. Well, I guess really, Jessica. What did you like? Like Kristen Wiig in the role of Barbara? Yeah, I thought she did good. Okay, I I did too, guys. Becky, I know you're like unpopular opinion. At least with us, that's a popular opinion. I think good because I I, I saw a lot of stuff online. It was like hey, Kristen Wiig sucks. Man, I don't like Kristen really? Wiig. Yeah, and I'm like, where the fuck is that coming from? She, oh, sorry, I can curse, right? Yeah, fucking. Okay, good. Okay, good. Good. So (laughs) I, I forget. I don't have a filter anymore because I don't go anywhere. Nobody fucking does. You're good. I just yell at my computer (laughs) all the time, or talk to the cat. No, like I've seen so much stuff online. It's like, oh, like Christian Wake. Like, what? I thought she was great. I hope to see more of her. And in fact, I think there's an opening to see more of her. Yes, which I do like that. I, yeah, I love Kristen Wiig. I thought <clears throat> she did a really good job. I think that that out of all the in terms of the two villains, she was the more well developed villain. Unfortunately, because she really doesn't drive the story necessarily as Max does. Yeah, um, and s- the weak parts of the story were mostly revolving him. <laughs> in terms yeah. of how it was, matter of fact, I wrote down in my notes here the point. So. I guess I should say this. The first time Sarah and I watched it, it was Christmas Day. We were really excited. We were watching it. And my wife, the down part side of seeing movies at home is that it's a lot more easier for my wife to sit there and say, can you pause it? I want to go to the bathroom because she, you know, she takes a sip of water. She has to go to the bathroom. And again, nothing wrong with that. But like, I don't like pausing movies a lot. It's just a weird thing because it interrupts the flow of the narrative for a second or whatever. And I will admit too, I do that. Threw like off my groove. Yeah, you threw off my groove. <laughs> and here's the thing. Sometimes I'll do that when I watch, like I think the Bill and Ted face music, I think I had to go bathroom or something. I am not clear of my own criticism here. I'm not completely a hypocrite, but I remember she did that. And it was probably about like 20 minutes into the movie. And I was like, you know what? I'm really enjoying this movie. Like I like this a lot. And then by the end of the movie, we're like, what the f- it just happened? Like, I didn't, I don't love that as much as the first movie. I feel kind of bad saying that because I, I love Kristen Wiig. I love what's his name as Max Lord. I love all these other characters. I just, I don't know what happened. And the second time I watched it, I wrote down the moment. I just felt everything went to shit, which was 38 minutes and 50 seconds is when he goes into his business corporation and you get all the shit going wrong with the little kid, with the investor. Was it stag? Like I like literally this is what I wrote. Story turns sour 38 minutes and 50 seconds in with Maxwell arriving at black gold motivation being unclear or concise. 
oh god, the kid, the backer, all of it's bad. <laughs> when you realize he's running an MLM. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, well, I, and I tried to think of this too. Like, I remember Sarah came down, my wife came down, I was just like, well, why do you feel that way? And then we started watching a little bit more of it. And I wrote down 43 minutes, the cracks show more. It's trying to hint at the excessive 80s using Max Lord's dialogue about vitamins. Don't let nature dictate you, whatever. But none of it necessarily works out well. And then I started hypothesizing for myself because I think that's the reason why Patty Jenkins decided to set it in 1984 uh, is Max Lord kind of imbibes and it, it, it contains the essence of what the eighties was known for, which is complete excess. It's yeah. all, you know, money and is sexism. more powerful. Well, sexism, money, greed, power, you know, what's the movie? Was it wall street is known for it's like greed is good. Like it's yeah. everything you know, and the mall is kind of an, a rule of excess. You have people overeating food and the whatever. You have sexism, the old men staring at girls doing yoga workouts, stuff, shit like that. And yeah, it's absolutely bizarre. But like, I feel like there's a lot of stuff introduced that just didn't pan off well. Like Billy Wilder always said, like, when you do a movie, if you do it well, show, don't tell, first off. But like also like two, if you tell the audience that it's a math problem of two plus two, but don't tell them the answer is four, they'll love you for it. And sometimes movies tell you it's four and it's okay. It's not as good. I feel like Patty Jenkins made an algebra problem because like, I, I don't know, like it really bugged me some of the stuff and it all is Max's stuff. And to be fair, Pedro Pascal did an amazing job. Like, mm -hmm. He, the cast in general, except for that little kid, and it's not the little kid's fault, <laughs> did a wonderful job, I thought, of that. But I just felt it missed the mark on trying to connect it all together in one fluid narrative about greed, excess, and like. I felt, I can agree that it required you to like connect the dots a little more. But I know a lot of people had an issue with like the resolution of the conflict. I had no issue with that. Like that it's, I knew from the beginning, I'm like, okay, well, this is going to end with, spoiler, his love for his child is what's going to bring him back in. Like I knew that was going to be the resolution that there was going, he was going to reach a point where his excess was so much that there's nothing she can do about it because he can just get more people's wishes and right. continue feeding off of that. It, she avoided, I feel like she avoided doing things and I would have much preferred it because I like it when they're like, here's my little riddle about how actions have consequences. And yeah. you had to like, you had to go further into the movie to realize, oh, something's being taken away and it's because you made a wish and it's not actually directly related to what you wished for. It's just the fact that you made a wish and like now yeah. he's the wishing stone so he can choose what he takes from you. Like yeah. they did eventually have to spell it. <laughs> I, but I still know that people, I know people who did not get it. They're like, I don't understand how he's able to get things back. Like, what does this mean? And I well, was like, you need a little riddle written, written around the thing. But, but they do like when they're, off on their quest, like looking for like information, like 
they come across like the thing that says, I forget the exact wording, but it's something like the Mayans book or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. We're like, you get your greatest wish, but then you lose your greatest power. Right. And I, I do, but I do kind of agree with Jess a little bit because they do say that, but I feel like how it's presented is that's why I kind of say like, it's a math problem and it's two plus two equals four, but like, it's like she put in X, Y and made it more complicated than it needed to be. And I will say this too, in all fairness to Patty Jenkins, supposedly this is the movie Patty Jenkins wanted to made for good or bad. Like it, like she didn't have a lot of studio interference because apparently in the last movie she, so the ending of this movie was, and I will say this too. I love, I just didn't like the lead up into the con to the, the resolution of the conflict. Like I don't mind how it was resolved. I actually love the fact that truth is what saves the day. And it's mm-hmm. the, the truth of what is truth. There's good and bad and truth, but love can also be found in truth. That whole thing. I love that stuff. I love that she didn't fight him to take him down. She used emotional, you know, words to get to him, yeah, which was nice, but apparently that's how she wanted to end the first movie. And with Ares, the God of war and WB was like, you can't do that. You got to have a fucking big fight. And I'm just like, I guess I kind of wish we would. So this move, but that movie did really well. So then she's like, I can do whatever. And so she, which again, I was fine with, but I just feel like she got muddled a little bit with some of that other stuff to get to that. Cause I love that I ending. I feel like yeah. there were things that were skipped that should not have been skipped to get to the ending. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, we skipped steps two and three. And now we're at this and trying to make up for it type of a thing. I well, think that a, a common complaint I saw on Twitter was why was this movie set in the eighties? Like this could have been set in any other time. And I, and the thing is that again, I can feel like I know what, why Patty said it in the eighties, but it's not as clear why, because you know, also there's no eighties music. There's one eighty song in the movie. And it's, was it welcome to pleasure dome by Frankie goes Hollywood or whatever. It's when they go to the gala. What's up with that? Like like, just random synth sounds. Right. And don't get me wrong. Hans Zimmer. Good guy. Also, can it also be said too? It's a bummer that the Wonder Woman theme is only played once in the movie. It's when she's uh, in Egypt running after the Lord and the army guys or whatever. Mm. She does that awesome flip and you're like, that's so cool. (laughs) Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, Yeah. There's a lot of that. I just really, I assumed I mean, yeah, it's all about the 80s and excess and me, me, me and more, more. And I'm pretty sure a villain who was based on Trump, who is now. <laughs> yeah. Who was Trump in the 80s is, I mean, it's obviously the same guy, but yeah, he was like, a little bit more coherent in the 80s than he is now. <laughs> that's true, too. And yeah. I'm going to sell you your dream, but the dream's not real. And it's yeah. front. And that's been like every business he's ever had, right? Like yeah. is much Lord because I know Max Lord has existed in the comics since or like as a Wonder Woman villain since the eighties. Like yeah, I don't remember. So this is admittedly the other thing too. I full disclosure. So I'm being fair to anyone listening. I am more of a Marvel than DC guy, so my knowledge is more in that area too. I do know. Excuse me, Max Lord does exist, and he's kind of like a Lex Luthor version of for what? Excuse me, of Wonder Woman than than Superman, but. He's a little bit more, he's not as con man-ish. No, he has mind control powers. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's a whole, I've, 
that. Wasn't he rich and successful too, like like Luther was? Yeah, but he had the mind control powers. Yeah, but he had the mind control powers. That's There's a really that. good. I think it was one of the lead up stories to not an infinite crisis, maybe called Superman Sacrifice, where okay. like he takes control of Superman's mind. And there's this epic battle between Wonder Woman and Superman and Wonder Woman's just beating the shit out of her. Yeah. And if she wasn't a demigod, oh, wait, no, she would have been dead. No. And like, I thought to you stop said the... Wonder Woman's being the shit out of Superman. And I no, was no, like, Superman's yeah. being the shit out of Wonder Woman. And then I was like, wait, no, I think she said the other thing around that is not yeah. good. <laughs> I mean, and she's holding her own, but like, and basically in order to stop it, because she could, Superman was being mind controlled. I mean, he couldn't do anything. She had to, this has been out for a long time so if it's spoilers i'm sorry basically she breaks maxwell lord's neck and she kills him damn oh, yeah damn. yeah it is i mean it's a great story and then like and then because maxwell lord is super fucking smart he records it and like the whole world watches her kill maxwell lord and so it totally fucks her reputation and there's like a whole thing where she like like the justice league is pissed at her and superman's like oh. but i mean she had to because a superman would have killed her yeah. and b then superman would have killed everybody else i mean he wasn't in control it's really it's a really good story but yeah like in the books maxwell lord he's super super bad that's okay so see I, I, I didn't know that yeah, yeah I highly recommend it. I'll have to check that out. Like, I am trying to. So, Emily, I am trying to read more DC books that are not either Batman or Watchmen. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. The aftermath of the Infinite Crisis stuff led to 52, which was where there were a bunch of DC writers and they wrote, I think it was a new story every week for 52 weeks. And it's minus the, the Trinity. So, there's so Wonder Woman, Superman, and Batman aren't in it at all. And it just kind of flits among like a bunch of different groups. I highly recommend it. It is phenomenal. I'll check it out. Um, and I... it's lots of different storylines. Super, super, super good. I think uh -huh. you can find it bundled in like four trades um, that contain the whole storyline. It is phenomenal. It's so good. Yeah, I super highly recommend it. I do remember there was a bit of like a weird back and forth with Batman though, because they said, the new continuity of the new 52 never really officially hit Batman. Well, this wasn't the new 52. This was just called 52. Oh. Because it was a different story every week for a year. Or like a new story every week for a year. I, I mean, it was like an experimental thing. Here, I will find a link and send it was to it, you. Yeah, please do, because I'm very fascinated by that. Like, So that also just means that they're also doing a nice callback to when they did the new 52, they're doing a callback to 52. You know what I mean? I find that stuff fascinating. I like it when sometimes comic book companies will go, hey, like right now, I don't really am not that enthused about it, but Marvel apparently just released a Heroes Reborn thing. Yeah. And I'm just like, that didn't go well for you last time, but I'm intrigued what you could do this time. Let's see what you're thinking about. But I'm not, but yeah, but I had no idea that, that there could have been like another 52. I had no clue because I remember there's like three crisis on Infinite Earths. Then there's like, was it in Darkest Night? whatever the green lantern storyline is it crisis of infinite earths that one was pretty good infinite crisis i really liked that one there was final crisis i didn't read that one There's travis a cursed a lot when he read that one and so i didn't read it 
Um, was it Flash died in the second one? Because Supergirl died in the first one, right? And then second one was where Flash died, or did Flash die too at the end of the second one, first one? I don't. Rem- f- I don't remember because I read them a while ago. I just know Flash died in one of the crises, and a lot yeah. of people were pissed because yeah, yeah, that might have been the first one. Yeah, Wally. So I found a quote. Oh yeah, Patty Jenkins. The 80s is the film setting because she saw it as the height of Western civilization and society. And so it offers the opportunity to explore how Wonder Woman would deal with the types of villains that come from that era. Yeah, I think it is all about excess and wanting things and greed. I just wish she would have found a way to make it a little bit more obvious. Like one of the I have a note here, too. It was like. In retrospect, at the beginning of the movie, why? So the movie when they do the the thing at, at Memesea or whatever, where she's from, I can't say it right. The I'm mascara. Sorry. Yes, that thing there. I'm just gonna. As a matter of fact, Becky, if I just say where's she from, <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna say that because it's just ways. I'm gonna fuck it up so bad, it'll be really embarrassing. But when they have that whole opening there, like, and then they cut to the '80s and it shows the woman jogging. And the background, you can hear Max Lord talking. And I, there's a part of me wonders is like, what would have happened if you had half of that same speech written by other TV personalities in the 80s, like other show people? So like it's talking and also include stuff about vitamins, about how, you know, you can control your body and being fit. And then you get that sense, oh, that woman, she's trying to like, you know, be better than what she is and get like, you know, whatever. And then it's also about excess as money. And then you end that little narration with Maxwell Lord. That way it clearly sets up like, oh, this is part of the thing about the, and also play some fucking 80s music. I would have liked 80s music, but I also feel like the only reason this is a big question, honestly, Mm -hmm. this is going to sound really like probably dumb, but I feel like the only issue it's a question why the 80s is because it's a girl superhero. And we have to nitpick at something. I to be quite don't, honest. I also, don't know, man. Because if there was an Iron Man movie set in the 80s, no one would question it. Yeah. If you, I was I, the first one in World War One. We don't know. It doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> I, see, also, I don't know. Sorry, go ahead, Becky. Well, also, too, I mean, like, if it's in the now times, 2021, like, then you have to explain, like, if Maxwell Lord's like taking over the world, why isn't the Justice League getting involved? Where's Superman? Where's Batman? They exist in the same universe. Right. Well, so um, technically, well, no, yeah, you're right because at the end of Justice League, Superman's still alive. Or he came yeah, alive, so. he was alive. They exist at the same time. So if it was now, like, where's everybody else? Because Maxwell Lord was a whole global thing. Like, surely Batman would be involved. Batman knows him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're probably friends. Yeah, or Batman's like, don't give your money. I don't like him. But whereas in the 80s, I mean, maybe Batman's a little kid and he's not Batman yet. You know, Superman is probably still a kid and he's not Superman yet. It's, I, it's enough before the now times that they don't have to explain why none of the other members of the Justice League are, are why there. they're not, you know, like, what the hell? Yeah, I, I will say, though, about the I, I mean, I would like to think that if this movie literally you just swapped out Iron Man with Wonder Woman, I would still feel the same way I, I feel like it. It Honestly, it feels like Batman versus Superman. And what I mean by that is that there are just little things that if you would have just found little workarounds for movie would have been very good. 
And instead it's just for me, like I don't really ever care to rewatch that movie again. Not really. Like I love Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman. I love the cast. I just didn't, I didn't love it enough to watch it again, I guess is my thing. And that's how I feel about the, uh, the man of steel and B versus Superman. Like the best part of Batman versus Superman was wonder woman showing up. Yeah. Anytime she's on the screen, the the movie's good. And it has nothing to do with what's his name as Superman or what's his name as Batman. Like they're wonderfully cast. It's just, well, Zack Snyder also doesn't understand heroes. Patty Jenkins. I know does. I just, there were little things and it's mostly first act stuff. I kind of feel like how it was presented. It could have been, could have fixed it. Like, for example, like I also kind of feel like Steve shouldn't have left as soon as he did. Also, why did he have to take over somebody's body? Okay. Like it's a fucking powerful guy. They fucking built a wall out of nowhere to like the thing, like in the, the middle East, like really fucking giant wall out of nowhere. Surely you can make a man out of nowhere. Well, and here's the thing too. I have nothing. I'm actually, and I think she did say like, I actually just, I think you sent me a link to her saying this, like when it first came out, we were kind of talking in, on like DM or something, but I thought you even pointed out to me where is this like, Oh, she's pointing out the hypocrisy of that. If guys can do it, girls can do it too. Why can't Diana do this? Like, and it's the eighties. So what does it matter? And I'm just like, well, I mean, I guess, but like, it just feels emotionally weird. Like, because we're all now woke enough to be like, that's bad. It's still feels weird watching it. No matter if it was Tony Stark or, or Diana, you know, it, it's a weird thing. I don't know. Doing something to somebody's body that they don't give you permission to do. Mm-hmm. If, if it's wrong for a guy to do it, and it is, it's also wrong for a woman to do it. Right. Like, it's not okay just because it's Wonder Woman and it's not something we get to see very often. Like, and the fact that she wasn't more appalled by it bothered me. Yeah. You know, that she wasn't, like, I get it. She loves Steve and she was really happy to see him back. And like, I have, n- that makes sense. But then why wasn't she like, but you're not. Did so- it? <sighs> Don't conjure anything living. I don't know. I like most of the things it conjured were like things. It mutated it like people. Su- it made people do things. Okay. But it didn't like conjure anything alive. Okay. Well, All right. So but being the god of whatever, I guess. Oh, by the way, I like how they were pretty much said everyone but Loki. Yeah. They're like, it's Loki. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not. For DC purposes. Right. I no, actually, I think my wife said it. She was just like, why didn't they just switch him out at the exact moment right before he dies? Like they like did a time swap. And so that guy is just constantly reliving himself dying over and over again in that plane while Steve is walking around in 84, you know, living it up. Like, <laughs> Well, this is a lighthearted movie, Nick. What the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's super lighthearted with all the, the nuclear bombs. That's another level. <laughs> but, Death well, and Cold War, and you but, know. But here's the thing: like, I thought about like, I, so I was moved by the whole Steve and Diana saying goodbye to each other. Like, I was moved yeah, by I'm that. Like, but I just yeah. kind of feel like, if you imagine like she was that stubborn about it and stuck through keeping him around until the very end of the movie 
where like so imagine her taking that big golded thing that apparently can fly without her whatever it can flap her its wings and help her fly imagine she takes that to find the final fight with what's her name tigra barbara and so that's the only thing that she has strength for and then she has to realize to do the right thing and then she talks max into I just feel like it would have been because then you're like getting punched in the gut by Steve leaving and you realize that everyone else needs to do it too. Like, I don't know, man. Like I just little things. I just wanted to be moved around and because I like what they were trying to do. I don't know. And, and I like Chris Pine. I, and I like him Chef's and, kiss. and Gal Gadot together. Like they're like every time they're together on screen, I want them together on screen forever. So I, I hated know. when he left, but at the same time, I was like, but man, but Wonder Woman. Well, I like, they made, I really like Steve's character. Oh, I and do too. He's great. You think about this several times where Steve knows what his strengths are and he knows what her strengths are and he knows when he needs to support her. Yeah. Like he knows when she's the one who needs to take charge and he needs to follow her orders and do stuff but he will also like i loved his whole speech about where she's like i'll never love anyone else and she and he's like why let go like you have to let go like you cannot live in the past forever i loved his whole things where he's like there are things that are right and there are things that are wrong and i also she's having very human emotions where she's like why can i not have the one thing i've always wanted and regretted losing like it's the biggest thing I've wanted more than anything else. And I was like, this is a very good emotional journey for her and for him because she just detaches herself from humanity. And this is the one person that she's kind of pinned all of her emotions onto. And he's like, you can't do that. Just pick somebody else. What about this guy? He looks good. Like, like, this guy looks cool. His ridiculous obsession with fanny packs was also a bonus. But... I think that was what I think. I think that's part of the thing is that I like, for example, maybe at the opening of the movie, she has a little, like we show her becoming a little bit more. She, well, we show her being, I took it the scene as her at dining alone as being okay with dining alone. I didn't take it. That was, she was detached from humanity. Well, and maybe it also, we have seen her in other movies and she is detached from humanity. Like she doesn't, interact with people really well she I, doesn't thought, I thought it was the, more that she just don't want people to know who she was as well how i read that i guess see i thought it was like she had like that close-knit group in wonder woman like the world war one group but then she's a demigod so she doesn't age or she doesn't age at oh, the same rate humans heart. do so like by the time it's 1984, all her people are dead. She's watched her friends, these people that she cared, not just Steve, who, I mean, obviously I think that one would have affected her yeah. the most, but she would have watched everybody else in the group yeah. grow old and die, you know, while she mm. stayed the same. And that I would imagine of the picture of her, like with her friend, was it Lucy or the, that's the actress's name maybe of her, like by the, the docks of candy. New York or yeah. Oh my God. I, I started tearing up. I was like, Oh my God. And then it shows her at Trevor ranch. And I'm like, oh, Steve is dead. Well, yeah. And it's like, here's his watch in pride of place displayed in my home. Yeah. In my pretty sparse home. She just doesn't connect with other people, which, and like, she'll be nice and she'll help people. Cause 
but like she doesn't really talk to anybody and that's how she connects with Barbara is she's like yeah you're actually really funny and da 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 people make judgments about me all the time but it's like yeah you don't engage with anybody really she doesn't really engage with anyone except Barbara in this movie yeah yeah which makes like Barbara's whole journey that much more sad because like you can see like the spark of like a beautiful friendship forming between these two women. But the thing that Barbara has to give up in order to keep the power because she doesn't rescind her wish. I mean, you see everybody else, you know, give their wishes back. She doesn't give hers back. So maybe she's not still a cheetah because, you know, what's his face. Yeah. Right. But she still has that power. The thing she had to give up was her humanity. That was her. Like her thing. That's true. Gal Gadot ain't got no humanity. So Wait, I, mean, I, not Gal <laughs> I took it that she she Diana. did wish it back, but she did not. See, I didn't take it that way. That's actually very smart. I but did they, not think of that. That when she I watched. Yeah, I made sure to check that Max Lord. He's like, give her strength. Give her this. Give me this. Give her that. And I was like, so he's the one who makes her. Right, he makes she it never the cheetah. But she, yeah. well, but technically though, everything, he, so pretty much everything that, oh no, wait, you're he right. He didn't because, give her her original strength. So she still she, has her strength probably. Yeah. Oh. Okay, cool. I'm cool with that. Which means it leaves it wide open <laughs> for her to come back in a future movie, which I would really like to see. I yeah, me too. The only, I think that was in my head, like most of my notes are just me, how I would have rewritten the movie with little things. And I would have, so here's the thing. If Maxwell Lord is the big emotional, like you have to have words to talk it out kind of thing. You need someone to fight. Cheetah is a good person or Barbara is a good person to fight. But there's a part of me that just wishes like the end of the movie, like she didn't turn into her at the end of the movie. Like it was more like, or not fully turn into Cheetah at the end of the movie. Like that's actually setting up where, or like what you wanted from Spider-Man three, where it's like the end of the movie is that she starts finding ways. Like she gets fired from her job because of what she did, where she gave the stone to Max Lord and she blames Diana for it. Like she hates that, you know, she could have turned into something more if Max stayed around longer or all kinds of other stuff. You know what I mean? Like, that is, I guess, what I more or less it would. But then again, that fight, like you still needed that fight at the end at the base. And I don't know. It's now it's- she has to like. And she started it. But now that she's not a full like cheetah hybrid thing. Mm-hmm. Now she just has to have a really obvious fur fetish. Well, her costuming going forward. So I also, she's thing. a scientist. I mean, well, right. So that's the thing, too. So did he. Does that so did Max make her into that, or it's like when he gave her that, did she like go? I well, yes, but like at what point? I don't know because she said she wanted to be an apex predator, which she wished to him. Predators than cats, did you know what I mean? Like, yeah, what's good is a shark. What I mean, if you're not in the water, a shark's not particularly useful. Isn't there man shark or whatever in DC comics? Like I remember there's a, and there's Grodd or Groot or whatever his name is. The big talking smart gorilla man. Man shark, I think is in really Grodd. Early Quinn cartoon. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. He's uh, Ron Funches. I think plays him in that. I always, I, by the way, my new favorite thing, I can't do it. Well, is talking like Bane. 
Oh, baby. You know the fish. What is it? I don't know. I was born in the darkness. <laughs> I was born in the darkness. I don't know why I love my little folding chair. <laughs> What's the one where he's like, I like it when the credit card goes clickety clack or whatever, because he goes up to Penguin's nephew and is just like, you can't have all these charges. It has to, you have to have receipts. <laughs> really I don't know. The poster only has your face on it. Who said it was a partnership? What was the guy at the Starbucks keeps calling him and it pisses him off? It's like, it's not Bane. It's like Bun or something or Bunny or like, my name is not whatever. It's Bane. <laughs> then you find out that Joker is the one that's paying the guy off to like, <laughs> to write it wrong every time just to fuck with him. And I'm like, damn, that's horrible. Um, <laughs> Anyway, highly recommend. Yeah, I yeah, I do. I do. Oh, a random other note here that actually is not like a how I would do whatever. I it didn't bother me the first time I watched it. Second time it, it, I had to write it down. And cuz I I was invested in the movie. The second time that I was a little bit more mm, where is she keeping her costume stuff? On some of her clothes because some of them like you can understand like the bra thing or the bra bazir thing and the underwear but like the rope and the the whatever and grant i don't really care it's wonder what it's a comic book do i ask where superman keeps his leotard honestly you should because maybe it's a, it's a problem sometimes <laughs> maybe she's got like a ring like like the flash has and it just it's super small and oh, it lives it just, in the ring and it blows up and like that whole costume is in that little tiny uh-huh. ring. yeah leisure suits okay <laughs> the pockets are deep enough i you know i oh man i love her leisure suits they crack me up i yeah i, I good stuff <laughs> I greatly appreciated this was a gender reversal that I loved in this movie was Steve was the one who had to do the fashion show. Yeah. He yes. got his outfits. That was so funny. And he's like, look at all these patterns. <laughs> She's <laughs> like, no, I'm just going to dress you exactly like me. And then he gets a jogging suit. <laughs> well, can I, can I, uh, I mean that actually that whole scene was fantastic, but can I also say it was, and it cracked me up this time too, is when he wakes up or she wakes up in the morning and he's in bed. Cause you know, they did, they had the coitus the night before whatever. But when he wakes up, when she wakes up and looks at him, he's like half like a pop tart in his fucking mouth. And it's just like, like all yeah. over him. He's like, I've had, I had, I've had three of these <laughs> by now. And you're like, Oh God. Like, I privately in front of away from other people eat three pop tarts. I don't do it in front of my wife or, you know, dear God, I would watch. And it is like a role reversal. Cause like in the first one, he introduces Diana to the modern world. Now she introduces him. Yeah. I I love that. Steve Trevor react to things. As a whole movie. Uh-huh. Like, so funny. TV series. Like, Give tried. me a TV series. I tried Give it to a new decade. I tried to take oh. the book, but I couldn't figure out how to make it go. <laughs> okay. Also, Ken, I think I texted Jessica this for sure, but my favorite, it, I laughed so goddamn hard. And I laughed just as hard the other day when I watched it the second time was they get in the airplane and he goes, Oh, this is great. I'm figuring out how this works, whatever. 
And all of a sudden he just goes, it's dark. They won't see me. Oh shit, Steve. (laughs) I forgot to tell you radar. They can see you anywhere. And he's like, really? Well, shit, Diana. Like it's a legitimate, like, and I don't know if that was the line. It kind of feels like it's an improv. And if not, that's how good Chris Pine is of an actor because it was so funny. Yeah. it's, and he it's, is. Oh, it's so I feel good. like he is an underrated Chris because everybody loves all the Marvel Chrises. I'm like, no, yes. come on. Chris Pine cultivates that though. Like, I feel like Chris Pine very carefully chooses what he wants to be a part of. Yeah. And is like super chill. And I have a friend who's obsessed with Chris Pine and she put me down like the Chris Pine whirlpool once. How'd and that go for you? Like, like there was a part where she would like a time where she would like send me all these posts about him. He's a fucking bum when he is not working on something. When left to dress himself, he is as bad as Steve Trevor. Ooh. Like she makes me love him. More. I'm like, what is this outfit? Who let him in the who let him in the costume closet? Like <laughs> he's wearing. So I, I was thinking about this the other day too. I, I didn't put it in my notes because I feel like I I feel this way all the time. But like I feel like Chris Pine is a really good actor. He has great comedy chops. And I agree with that. Like, like he's Captain Kirk in Star Trek. He's Steve in this. I think he, he wasn't he in the perfect storm. Wasn't he, I think he in that, or he was Not in one of those. Storm. He's in the finest hours. Finest hours. That's what he's in that. And that's really good. He's in he's one in other rom-coms. He's in what? This is war with Tom Hardy. Yeah, that's when I was thinking of this. Yeah, this is war. And then he was actually, I thought he was the only good part at the end of the day, it's the only part that I enjoyed was uh, what's that a wrinkle in time movie. That's the only part. I think I, he was the dad. I and look, then he does great yeah. in into the woods as the prince. Yeah. Yeah. He was, I forgot about that. Just watch his scene where he sings agony. I'll find it. Please. So good. Oh, so yeah. good. I, okay. But that's, and I kind of, oh, also, I, I thought it was an underrated movie. The Kenneth Branagh directed Jack Ryan movie. Oh yeah. I've seen With, that one. Yeah. Right. Like, if you get a chance, uh, here's a sad thing. I do feel that Jack, I, I do feel like characters like Jack Ryan and Spider-Man do work better in uh, like TV, like hour long shows kind of thing. And the John Krasinski hour long with him is really good. And I think it it's more fitting to Tom Clancy's novels and all that. Like you're not trying to cram like the hunt for red October. Grant, that's a fantastic movie. Patriot games is really good. Like the Jack Ryan movies are really good. Even the ones that are the most unliked ones, like some of all fears with Ben Affleck, like that one's really good too, but he's really good in the, in his Jack Ryan movie too. Like it's mm-hmm. a fucking crime. They didn't keep it going to be honest with you. He's yeah. very talented. He is. And I, he has prime example. We talk about it every time of to be believable. You have to commit with a hundred percent sincerity and that's what makes it funny. Yeah. And that's like, yeah. you can't overplay like, oh my God, this is a garbage can. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like nonchalant walking up. Mm-hmm. Art mm-hmm. is not what you think, think it is. A it's yeah. a very, <laughs> oh, oh. Mm-hmm. well, no, no, Steve, that's a garbage can. Oh yeah. Yeah. Of course. Of course. <laughs> I completely. Like, yeah. Dead uh, sincerity. He's so good. Like I am, I am sad that for future Wonder Woman movies, like they, like there yeah. would be no more Steve Trevor. He can be in flashbacks. He could be in flashbacks, and I would love that. But even then, he would only be in like the teeniest, tiniest little bit of the movie. And he's, I, 
fucking love watching him. And I like watching them together. Like they play off of each other so well. And I remember when that happened at the first movie when they killed him off. And I was very surprised at that. And granted, I knew that if they did a sequel, if I, because again, I thought he would have survived by the end of it. And like, he would maybe show up in a sequel, but it would be like Wonder Woman 1962 or something like that or whatever. He doesn't have his memory. He was. <laughs> yeah. Or it doesn't have his memory or it's just like, they somehow get wrapped up in the Kennedy thing, or maybe they, they break up and then like, you know, he comes back to her because he needs help with something. Or I don't know what the fuck I was thinking was going to happen, but like, <laughs> it wasn't what happened at the end of Wonder Woman. And and I thought I remember thinking Steve back then too, like he his chemistry with her was really good. Yeah, it's gonna be hard. Like they can't bring him back in the sequel now. Like, and if they do, how are they gonna do it? It's gonna be weird. And I don't necessarily love exactly how they brought him back, but again, it's just gold. Every scene he's in. Yeah, I forget who it was. There was someone on Twitter that was bitching about he was the one saving Diana like during the fight with Barbara in the White House, and I was like. So what? She's badass. Like it's she's made a choice. It's a, her choice to make. She made it, and she doesn't care that she made it. And she's not ups- worried that like you're fucking taking bullets for me or blocking bullets yeah. or whatever. Like they're a good team. Like that's what makes them a good couple. Their their chemistry well. is good. Like they work well together. Who the fuck yeah. cares? It's one of my pet peeves when it comes to female leads that people have and this is why Buffy is always held up I feel it annoys the piss out of me when they are like oh strong female lead means she has no romantic attachment she has no motherly instinct she has no blah 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 whatever Mm -hmm. the fuck dumb feminine trait you think makes her less of a strong female lead No, if it's a strong female lead, then she is able to have a full range of emotions. And those emotions include love and wanting things and wanting to be happy. You can be a badass and still be in love with someone. Like, be a badass and still need a cleanse to cry once in a while. I mean, I agree with that 100%. Now, do you think that cancel culture is so? Here's the thing like, they could have, excuse me. Oh, Jesus, cut that out. Sorry. (laughs) Three. <laughs> now I'm laughing. All right, all right, all right. I'm sorry. It just felt like that, that one was particularly worse than other <laughs> ones I've done, like casually good. I'm just making sure, Will, please cut that out. All right. No, but I kind of feel like, unfortunately, like, say they would have made a point to clearly say that in the movie and, like, that they come right out and say that. Like, she says, it's like, or maybe he's concerned about it and she's like, I don't give a fuck about that. Like, I love you. I choose to be with you, whatever. But and then they go, well, yeah, but it's not right that you're with me because I'm hurting you, blah, 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 whatever. But I feel like if they would have done that, they would have criticized the movie. If they didn't do it, they would have criticized the movie. I feel like it's one of these weird things where it's like politics. It's like you're damned if you do. You're like people are criticizing the Last Jedi thing still. And if they would have say if everyone loved it, there would have been people that would have hated it, too. I don't understand. Well, I don't really think it's a cancel culture issue. I think it's an audience issue. Well, but don't you think cancel culture is part of the audience issue? Like, but I feel like it's been around before, like it's been around so long. Like it's stuff new, is, it's not is a, help. like, I feel like it's always kind of been, Oh, well you can be one or the other. 
Yeah, female stuff is held to a different standard than men's stuff. It'll be like to the point where people who make, like I read a quote from James Cameron a couple years ago where he was talking about like, oh, the reason Sarah Connor is like, I have to remember how he phrased it, but he's talking about Sarah Connor held up, you know, she's held up as like a very strong female character, but he was comparing her to modern like female leads basically saying they could never be as badass as her or whatever and i was like sarah connor is a strong female character because she does everything for her child like she gives up everything for her child she is a badass because she has to take care of that child and make sure he lives and she loves him and she's really bad at showing it which is fine because like she doesn't have time to worry about love. You could be badass and be flawed. I was like, right. but he was basically saying she has no like feminine traits type of a thing. I don't remember the exact quote, but I was like, how can you, I don't want to say like misunderstand your own character or like what you put on the screen, but like everything she does is for her son. Yeah. It's for this child that she loves. Now, if you want to get psychologically into it, like, yes, in terms of what, a child you would expect a child to get from a mother or father, both it doesn't. Yeah. Psychologically, all she cares about is keeping her kid alive because she loves him. She's not going to have time to sit there and go, Oh, you got some smush on your face here. Let me take that off because she's got to be looking out for that big fucking Terminator or the slimy gold guy or silver guy that could come around the corner at any point. Like she don't have time for that. Cause I was like, she does have feminine, like traditionally feminine things and she starts out not knowing anything about any of this stuff like she's just a regular fucking person yeah uh but i was just like gene cameron like get off your high horse he was basically like talking about how his character was better but i was just like well your comparisons are not correct <laughs> james cameron also made a movie about a bunch of blue people who fuck animals so mm-hmm. Yeah, Avatar. Sorry. I if you pay attention to this still bugs me to this day and they're making like four more of them and I just don't see why it's needed. If you <laughs> take cuz that thing they connect their pig their pigtails to or whatever, that's also how they fornicate and have sex. It's the same organ. Like they make a big deal about it. And then like when he jumps on the big dragon thing to make it fly, he has to hook up his his, his organ into theirs. I'm just like this Okay. Oh, it was directly, it was in relation to Wonder Woman. He called Wonder Woman a step backwards. What? What? She's an objectified icon. Because she's hot. You can be hot and a badass too. Yeah. She's not. I mean, if he's talking about the guy who created her making her objectionable, then I would say yes. But the problem is that she's transcended that shit. Like, you know, they've made a point in the comic books to not have it be where she's just a buxom babe in a whatever outfit. Like she's fucking more than that. That she's bad. At, she's smart. She's clever. She can hold her own with Batman and Superman in very different And she can ways. make the hard decisions when she needs to, as you discussed. Yeah. She can snap the neck. Maybe, maybe a little, little yeah. breaky. She weighed all of her options while she was being pummeled almost by to death Superman. by Superman. Nonetheless, all people. Yeah. A- right you know and she weighed out her options and she's like there isn't a good one i'm gonna take this bad one and hope for the best yeah his so his whole all of his comments basically have to do with 
uh, Wonder Woman's pretty and she's just being objectified and that's why she's great. But yeah. Sarah Connor's different. And I'm like, basically like, a woman can only be strong if she shuns her femininity. And I'm like, that's a load of crap. Obviously a woman, first of all. Sarah Connor's obviously a woman. And she does stuff for a feminine quote unquote reason, which is to take care of her child. Well, like, I, I could also say the answer is in my next statement, but his ex-wife would disagree with him. But Gail Hurd, she's the producer of, of The Walking Dead. But I also, I think it answered itself too because ex-wife. <laughs> but but it's like, it's just, that's why, again, for me, it's like Buffy's the quintessential, like, this is the example because Buffy is popular, or she was before. She's a girly girl. She's a girly girl. She's a valley girl. But she's also badass. Yeah. And she still cares about looking good and all of this other stuff. And going on dates and all of that while she's and hanging out with her friends, and yet she still saves the world. How many times? All yeah, the time. Like, well, I remember that still being an up. issue though. Back in the day of the show, I remember reading about like people thought like, does she need a boyfriend? Like, why are they trying to always set her up with a boyfriend? Because it's like every season they had, she had to have a new love interest, or she would go back to Spike or Angel or whatever. And I'm like, well, so what? Because she's at an age where Ooh, that's what she, she wants to do. Wants yeah. a boyfriend? I I. I'm just saying, like, I, I think it's ridiculous, too. I just feel like and women characters are damned if they do, damned if they don't, unfortunately. They are. And it's always, like, and I have had people, like, dead ass say this to, to me and Amanda, like, being on Amanda's podcast about mm. a show that's specifically, like, with female leads. They'll be like, well, it didn't really do anything for, like, women. And I'm like... Well, who gives a shit? Does every movie starring, does Fast and the Furious 8 do anything for men? Does it do anything to advance? Well, Jessica, it puts us on the moon, right? (laughs) I haven't seen it. No, apparently the new one's going to put, they're going to go to the moon. They're going to fly a car to the moon. I'm not kidding. At some point, Vin Diesel will be in a car on the moon. And I just. (laughs) But it's like, does every movie, not every movie. That stars a female, like not every female-led superhero movie has to be the best superhero movie ever made for it to be worth making. Yeah. Not every minority-led movie has to like advance. That's you're not like like it can just be a movie that you enjoy because how many movies are about dudes that are mediocre or less? (laughs) But that you love for whatever reason. That I love anyway, because it's fucking fun. Yeah. Yeah, fun movie. I guess I just wanted it to be more fun to the point where I would l- want to go back and rewatch the movie. I guess that's fine. the yeah, yeah. It's when people are like, or like, I just see a lot of criticisms for Wonder Woman that are either extremely common things, like it's not as good as the first one. And I'm like, yeah, what superhero movie is? Like what yeah. sequel? Um, Thor. No, the second one was bad. Ragnarok. Better than the previous two. America. Right. You know what? I'm gonna throw out there. I enjoy so- Thor yeah. Ragnarok. Yep. But I'm just kind of. Oh, I'm, I love I'm no the- Ragnarok is the best of them. Not, the Dark World Wars. Is the Dark World at Dark World? Everyone's like Dark eh. War. Iron Man eh. too. Everyone's like eh. Captain America: Winter Soldier is the one that we're all like, yeah, that's oh a my god. And the first Captain America was really good, but Winter Soldier, holy motherfuck! Now see, my other superhero movie that I love is Batman Returns. Oh, Batman Returns is an actual movie. The first one was just a vehicle for Jack Nicholson. Like, I don't care what anyone says. Yeah, 
Like it's a good version. It's good version of Batman in terms of aesthetics. But like, if you had to ask me like, what was Michael Keaton's character motivation? Like, honestly, he doesn't really have one. Like he wants to stop the Joker. Well, okay. Yeah. But why? I, like they force, they shoehorn in this thing at the end where he's just like, you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? Did you kill my parents? Like that's, it's like a last minute. You want nuts? I'll give you nuts. Like that's his big acting scene in the whole goddamn movie is him. Like, you want to see me act nuts? I'll act nuts. And he smashes something on the, like, like Batman returns. He has like a lot of dramatic scenes. Like he's thinking about things different. Like it's a whole thing. I, it's an actual character piece. I, the first one is just Jack Nicholson doing Jack Nicholson in makeup. Let me shake your hand. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. To be fair, I enjoy Batman the first movie. I but in comparison, Batman Returns is the shit. I just, I'm in full agreement of that. Sorry, there are criticisms, and that's what gets me is when it's a criticism for something, like because and like like we're in any other movie, this would not it would be a non-issue, or like we wouldn't care as much. Yeah, the sequel is not as good. Okay, shook. I'm shook. You know that happens. Well, and the other thing too, I think I need to really fully embrace here is on, uh, on some of my critiques is that it's a DC movie and they're not as good as Marvel movies. And, and to be fair, the first Wonder woman movie was, and I think that's why going into this one, I'm a little bit more disappointed. Like that's why I am more disappointed that it didn't like, I don't even think it was like, even like a little bit like lower level Marvel movie. Good. I just like, I don't know. Like I will now. No, Aquaman. I still enjoyed Aquaman a little. I bit enjoyed more. Aquaman a little bit more than this one. That's what I'm saying. Like, and I feel weird saying that because I had a lot of problems with Aquaman too. But like, that was a big dumb fun movie, and this one felt like it was trying to like teach us stuff too, and then also be a big fun movie. And like, I don't know, man. I just it makes me sad. I I think you can do both. I. Yeah, I, there are parts of this movie I would like to watch again, like anything with Chris Pine. Actually, yeah, lie. if you would cut out everything around like Max Lord, which is sad because there are some interesting moments that Pascal does when he's like acting and it's really yeah. good. But it's just like snip, snip. Whew, give me all the Barbara, Chris Pine, Diana yeah. stuff. And yep. Well, and I think there are other things they could have included. Like my biggest criticisms is like, so you're just going to tell me she could make a teapot disappear or whatever, a cup. And now she's like, yeah, I'm going to make this thing disappear. I'm like, you could have shown me at the beginning when we were panning through her empty house. That's just a sign to Steve that she's like making a cup disappear. Well, I think that's the thing that, that there are little things in the movie that like, if you would have just taken, yeah, the movie's already long anyway, but if you would have taken a few extra seconds not maybe not seconds, like maybe an extra minute or two to just show like making the cup disappear or, or maybe like show her trying to make other stuff disappear. Then maybe like later on, like, so the second time you see her, she makes the cup disappear and then she, excuse me, she can't find it. Like little stuff like that. That's why I was just like, you could have introductions at the beginning of like different people talking about vitamins and how, you know, you like, what the eighties are greed, excess, all this other stuff. That way, by the time Max gets into his thing, it's like, everybody wants something. It's like, well, yeah, it's the 80s, and everybody is being taught to feel that way, and they do feel that way. This makes complete sense. Instead, it just feels like you're cramming exposition down. Kind of boomer adulthood right there. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I, I guess it's like if you watch Steven Spielberg movies in the 80s, and I think it's a good 
dichotomy of looking at how movies should be progressive like they set things up like they introduce little things that go off it's Chekhov's guns that go off in the third act and usually they do stuff like that where they show her working on the, the cup and so then when she does the jet not only is it a nod to oh my god doesn't Wonder Woman have an invisible jet in the comics or the TV show mm -hmm. it's like so it's an it's an extra meta thing but then, sorry, it, it's also a thing like it works in context of the story. You know, I don't know. There were some people that were pissed off about them flying through fireworks or whatever. And I'm like, I mean, you're not wrong, but who the fuck cares? Like, that's the least of my concerns. Like, it was funny because I didn't even really care that Steve could figure out how to fly this plane. Because yeah. how many movies have we watched, Star Wars, where <laughs> the male lead just knows how to fly a plane that he's never flown before? I, I was more concerned. Lance Speeders <laughs> and Millennium Falcons and Star Destroyers. It's all the same. Oh, it's the, the force, Becky. It's the force. Okay. <laughs> the force. Every ship has the same kind of controls. He's like, I'm going to use my badge to go into the airfield. I'm a fucking geologist or antiquities archaeologist over here, but I have a badge to get into the air and space. Like, so Thick. that's I'm like, I'm pretty sure you would do fucking work in all of the Smithsonian. I was more bothered by that. And I was like, and she's using her actual badge to get in there. They're going to know who took the fucking place. So, so that's the other thing why too, I felt like wouldn't it have been more interesting at the end because like, again, the first time I'm watching that, it doesn't bother me at all. Second time I'm like, yeah, uh, he really shouldn't be able to fly that plane that fast. Like unless she helped him. And also like, wouldn't her clearance get revoked? Also, how the fuck did she get clearance? Also, wouldn't she get fired for doing this? Like, what? Blah 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 blah. Like all these little things. Are I was up. way more bothered by her using her own badge to get in there than Maybe I. Maybe that's why she's working in Paris later mm -hmm. on. <laughs> yeah, that's. It's like the French are the only people that seem to be okay. Well, they do have excellent healthcare, Becky. I randomly looked it up the other day. I think they're like number two or three or on healthcare. They have good pastries. Good. For well, Diana appreciates good desserts. That's completely what it is. It's not about how well they treat their people there as a no. government. Fuck that. It's they have good pastries and wine. Well, okay. Yes, and they real do. champagne mm -hmm. from the champagne area from the from Champagne, champagne region of France. Champagne. 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 <laughs> yeah. All um, I needed was one comment from like Hippolyta in the beginning when she's given her whole speech about truth and justice. Where it's like, blah, blah, blah. And when you're true to yourself, near you can fly. And I'm like, oh. or okay, that or also like <laughs> being true to your, there was something else with that whole scene where it's like, you could have yeah. cut that because it, because like, so that's the thing too, the whole narrative of truth, like it's at the beginning, at the end, and it doesn't really come up much in the middle where it's not clearly explained how truth ties into the middle. Not really. Like, I guess you could say Diana's lying to herself about Steve being there, I guess. But it's like, someone please just fucking okay yeah just that's a, a time where it's okay for someone to clearly say like hey exposition dump you know you need to be true to yourself here you know in true to whatever else because what the truth is not always good for you like the truth is that you're whatever this other guy's body and steve is taken out of wherever he was before he needs to go back like if, and also we need you. The truth is we need Wonder Woman, like something. And they didn't clearly say that, like Steve kind of dances around it, but I, I don't know. Just, it, it's just so close to being like a, I want to watch this all the time movie. And that's how almost all the DC movies are. They're like really close to being like, cause like, look, 
Thor Dark World, if you don't love it, Becky, I'm sure like it wouldn't you wouldn't hate to watch it again, would you? Like if you had to watch no, it? No, I mean if I was flipping around and it was on, I might I probably wouldn't watch the whole thing, but I'd watch a little bit of it. Okay, right. Now see if Wonder Woman 84 was on, I would not do that. <laughs> I guess that- if it was a Kristen Wake or Chris Pine part, I would. Okay, that's not, okay. I would watch I would look out for there all are the parts scenes of them I would totally around. rewatch over and over again. And there's okay. parts that I'd be like I, I okay you know what i rescind that a little bit the chris pine and gal the dot walking around trying on clothes the and any shit, of the stuff Diana. on themyscara because I, I love watching the whole movie to get to the to get to get to him reacting to things but my whole family's like that <laughs> yeah but we have a track record or you're like oh i love this specific scene in this movie this movie started five minutes ago i will watch the next 90 minutes yeah <laughs> to get to that scene Yep. Uh, God love you. I because I, I, I won't remember it's ninety minutes in. I'll be like, oh no, the good part's coming up. Like my dad. <laughs> spoiler. My dad will if Pretty Woman's on. He will sit and watch all of Pretty Woman to get to the part where she goes back into the the sales department store. It's not a department store, but the store on Rodeo Drive. And she's like, you work on commission, don't you? Big mistake. Big, huge, and like, <laughs> and then he'll change the channel. <laughs> Because that's his favorite part of the movie. <laughs> See, that, that's, I don't think I've done that. I feel like I don't feel, I don't, can't think of off the top of my head of a movie where I've done that, but I've, I don't know. I also don't have cable anymore in the traditional sense. So that option isn't as frequent. Like I remember a few years ago, we stayed at my, my in-laws house for Christmas and they have cable. And I just remember first off, they showed nothing but romantic comedies and not all of them were Christmas romantic comedies. The only one that was a Christmas one was while you were sleeping. Yeah, the Hallmark Channel. Is that what I'm hearing? No, it was HBO. No, because they wouldn't show while you were sleeping. It was HBO. It legitimately, it wasn't like the Hallmark movies. It was like HBO. I'm sorry, that's not true. They also showed Love Actually. It was Love Actually, While You Were Sleeping, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. What's the one? The other Matthew McConaughey one? Failure to Launch? No, it's the one about Girlfriend's Past. Yes. They were showing those, all those, and I just started flipping them back and forth. I was like, I'm glad I'm not single. I feel like if I'd be watching this, I would, I, first off, if I was single, I'd probably still have cable. B, I'd be fucking depressed because I'd be watching HBO because I would be up. Oh my God, why are they showing this? Um, like, I know two of them are Christmas movies, so to speak, but like, the fuck is their problem? Like, I don't know. But that was the last time I've literally flipped through channels to watch something. And, but again, it was almost like, oh, I love this part. I, I don't want to miss this other part, but I had to make a decision. It was like, you know, the trolley problem on terms of movies I enjoyed. I, it was weird, but I haven't had that in a long time. That's true. Unless I'm watching Hulu live, I don't really, because we don't have cable anymore either. Mm-hmm. So, although we keep looking for movies to watch and we keep passing over Major League and Travis is like, I've never seen that. I'm like, I'll watch it with you. It's one of my favorite movies. It's like, we'll watch it someday. Oh my but God. But not today. I enjoy I so that's the thing I haven't seen that movie in a long time I think I feel like I've seen the third one and that's not a great movie but it's still funny but like yeah. it's not as good as one and two but mm-hmm. I yeah man that's a good uh, yeah it's a fantastic movie it is one of my favorites yeah wild thing I think I love you oh have you guys watched Ted Lasso no I, we don't have Apple I'll hook you up like we just got Disney like in right around Thanksgiving so that we could watch the Mandalorian. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, and then we wa- we've watched so much more. Oh yeah, The Mandalorian. Good. Have yeah, you guys watched WandaVision yet? Oh, fuck I've yeah. watched the first two. I haven't because I worked on weekends, so I haven't watched the third episode yet. Honestly, you need to just hold hold your horses because I enjoy WandaVision. But even I'm just like this, like, I don't know. The Mandalorian felt like even when it was like 30 minutes long, it felt like it was long enough to like, I could water cooler talk people online or, or to, you know, around here or at work. And WandaVision just feels like a sitcom. Like it feels very short and concise and just more like, Jesus and Christ. The hints as to what's really going on are small. Like, I wish they would have just either would do two episodes at a time. That would be acceptable, yeah. Or just give us the whole damn thing. We watched. So we watched the first two. Uh, I think Thursday. And I watched it with my parents. Who lived through watching all of these sitcoms that they're referencing on TV. And they're like, okay. Well, this name is from this TV show. Like this neighbor's name is from this TV show. This neighbor's name is from this TV show. That's the set or looks very close to the set from this TV show. We watched the first episode and my mom will get very particular. She watched, she has seen all the Marvel stuff, but she's like, yeah, I don't like this. And I hate that 50s shit. And like, <laughs> we're like, Mom, we got to keep watching. My dad's like, you got to give it a chance. So we watched this the 60s episode which is like bewitched yeah yeah and my mom likes bewitched and like since they gave bigger hints in that one she's like okay i'm i'm more interested because more like we're getting a bigger hint but it was so funny she's like i hate that 50s shit so did she not like the dick van dyke show i don't know how she feels about the dick van dyke I, show in particular, I, but they were like but she's I'm like curious. is this a set from the dick van dyke show I th- well, it's totally what they were trying to go for. It's, it's just like what the, they were going for. And not to be a spoiler, I don't think it's a spoiler because at each season or each episode, it's a different yeah. si- uh, genre and sit in the sitcom. So like That's seven. Brady Bunch, isn't it? Yeah, the third episode is the Brady Bunch. Was it? Because I kind of got like maybe a little bit. I dream of Jeannie. It's kind of I dream of Jeannie, but like the house, the way the house is laid up, like the, yeah. the stairs. It's the Brady Bunch house, yeah. at least. But yeah, it's. I will say though, and not to. I, I don't think this is a spoiler, but the needle drop at the end of episode three is fucking boss. And my mom really. Lo- it was really funny though, because I found it funny. Mom's like, but you know, in the first episode, she's like. But you know, her hair looks really nice like this. It really suits her face. <laughs> oh my gosh. She looks really good with this hairstyle. <laughs> I, was just like, I, you know, I'm not going to, I'll throw out there. I think that she has pulled off so far every hairstyle I have seen her in. Like she, yeah. no matter if it's like, you know, what's that one Aaron Johnson? Oh, Godzilla. But there was another one. Oh, <laughs> was it? Oh, Godzilla. Yeah. Sorry. I love everybody. I just had to throw Godzilla out there again, you know, no, that one. And then, oh, that because then after that, it's then she made age of Ultron because mm-hmm. wasn't her hair a little shorter in age of Ultron. No, wasn't infinity. I, remember. I, I know it was way longer in the first one of the movie. Never mind. I'm wrong is what I'm trying to say, everybody. Well, anyway, Wonder Woman 1984. So overall, it's an it's a mildly enjoyable film, but I think you two would probably watch it again more quickly than I would. I would. Yeah, like you said, uh, I really feel like the best way to describe it is was summer action film. It's a fun yeah. popcorn flick. Like I'll agree with that. Yeah. If you just don't think about anything too hard would be my thing and you'll really enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. 
or you know just cut out the kid and just it'll be a way better movie or from like one point of the movie just cut him out like at one or two times or something i don't know anyway all right well everybody thanks for for listening to the show you can check out madlab.net for and uh, amanda gogo becky have you done amanda's podcast as well or I, have, no? I have not oh, well, you, amanda needs to get on that come on amanda you need to get on that with <laughs> i don't watch a lot of movies i watch a fuck ton of tv but i don't necessarily watch a lot of movies i don't know why oh you know what i need to watch and i don't have cbs all access but they made they're making the stand like a mini oh i heard ezra miller made a choice in that and that and it's like jesus kind of garbage after the the second season of picard comes out we're probably going to do like a month of cbs all access so we can binge the second season of picard and then we'll probably binge the stand and i'll have nightmares for the first couple of episodes and then i'll be fine that was my favorite book as a teenager i fucking loved that book i hate germ stuff i hate I don't watch zombie movies because it all starts from a fucking virus. I hate that gives me that and like serial killers. That shit gives me nightmares. But I read the stand and I saw the the mini series from the 90s. Oh, I love that dumb thing too. I do too. Oh like the first part of it, the super flu part scared the shit out of me, gave me nightmares. The part with Randall Flagg and like battle versus good versus evil. Whatever. That's fine. Randall Flagg, not scary. Super flu, fucking terrifying. Has sharp pointy teeth. The super flu or Randall Flag? Oh, the 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 flu. It's funnier if it's the flu. It's not that funny <laughs> if it's Randall Flag. You know what I mean? Because everybody expects the Spanish Inquisition from Randall Flag. They're not expecting it from the flu. True. The but flu yeah. and its sharp pointy teeth give me nightmares. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for being on the show, and everybody at home, thanks for listening. The Good, the Bad, and the Geeky is presented by D4K Studios. Executive producer is Nick Argenbright. Co-producers are Ashley Carlson and Catherine Ranella. The Good, the Bad, and the Geeky is also made possible by our Kickstarter backers. To see our backers, check out our show notes over at gbgpodcast.com. Our theme and end credit tracks for The Good, the Bad, and the Geeky are by chiptune artist Hide Your Tigers. You can check out their music by going to hideyourtigers.bandcamp.com. We also feature the track from Futurama, The Devil's Hands Are Idle Playthings, an arrangement by our own Nathan Haley. If you enjoy our program, be sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts and to leave a review or subscribe to wherever podcasts are streamed. Get out of here without cheese! You're a creep! Go away! We're having a good time until you start up, cheapers! Go have some coffee with cream or something! Because I'll tell you something! This is a happy place!